0: Welcome to the American Mill Spouse. I'm your host, Elizabeth Smith. This week, I get to talk to Bianca. She is a fellow podcaster and mill spouse who hosts a show called Please Don't Kick Me Out. I got the chance to be a guest on that show last week, so if you haven't checked out that episode, I would love it if you did. This week, we get a chance to talk about Bianca's preconceived notions of military spouses, military in general, and how she's gone about finding her own place. I had so much fun talking to her. She's a fantastic storyteller, she's full of energy. And you're gonna have so much fun listening. So let's get started.
1: My name is Bianca Woolwick. We're currently stationed at 32nd Street Naval Base in San Diego. And then I met my husband when he was at joint billet at Buckley air force base for communications and joint billet means that you are working with multiple branches inside of like a civilian facing or whatever that might be. Okay. Situation. So like there were air force, there were army, there was civilians. And then there was also like, you know, Navy. And, and so okay. it was kind of funny. Cause when I met him, like he, I, he was wearing his Navy whites on, you know, Tinder where I was swiping and it's like, who, who is in the Navy out here? Like I'm in a landlocked in, I'm in Colorado. Right. And, and, uh, and, and he like would make the joke. Like, oh, I'm attached to like the underground submarine base. Like it's going. Oh, to, like funny. When people believed him. <laughs> super secret. Yeah, super <laughs> secret. Because Colorado is like it's either Air Force or like nothing. So your right. frame of references, like the Air Force Academies in Colorado Springs.
0: And yeah, like, my husband actually yeah. was there. So I've been there like once, but yeah. Beautiful. Yeah,
1: it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Colorado Springs is, is interesting. I will say that. So he was stationed at Buckley Air Force Base, which is near the Denver International Airport. It's like closer to that. Because the Denver International Airport isn't actually in Denver; it's actually in Aurora, Colorado. Mm -hmm. So he wanted an apartment downtown, and so he like always wanted to live downtown. After living in Hawaii, he was like ready to meet the person he wanted to be with, and I was so quick to cast him off because I was I was in a weird space, like in my career and in my personal life, and Mm -hmm. had really just given up on love, really. Mm. And so we matched, and he invited me. I gave him my phone number was, you know, I mean, he was good looking and I'm not sure. a night chaser. I'm not a uniform. I like that doesn't get me off or anything like, like that doesn't make me like excited, like having yeah. a uniform on. It's, that's just not mm-hmm. for me, but he looked really good in the uniform. And I was like, right. Oh, is this a thing I'm into? I never knew that. Okay. But, <laughs> but I, so I gave him my phone number. He invited me to go to this bar. That's like, just think of like the, the, the sports bar that's by a stadium. Right. But it's okay. It's the 28th of December of 2016. And he invites me and I'm like, in my head, I'm like, ew, I hate that bar. Like, I'm not going. <laughs> and so I just kind of like, we kind of just like ghost each other basically. And he dates someone else. I date someone else. I rage quit my job. I go on a solo trip to Chicago. I log into all of my dating profiles because I'm like, I go on this horrible date. The day, the day before I met my husband, I went in a horrible, like one of the worst dates I've ever been on in my entire life. Well,
0: I feel like we have to hear about it.
1: Okay. Okay. So I wasn't, so I rage quit my job after three years. I, I, my background's in digital marketing and I'd been at a company for three years. And at the time I was 27 years old. I was at the company for three years and my boss, it just, I didn't have a good relationship with my boss. That was my, my maternity, my boss, my other boss's maternity leave stand-in okay. and Her name was Anka actually, which is funny, this girl and my name is Bianca. And, um, and we started around the same time and she just kind of floated up and advanced a lot faster. And maybe there's a little bit of resentment on my end, but also like we were friends and then she became the stand-in boss for the entire Mm. digital marketing department. And she just became cold. And like, I was going through like major depression, like major, like, just where's my life. My friends around me are getting married. They're having kids. They're buying houses. I -hmm. live in a studio apartment with my rescue dog Murphy. And I go on dates because I don't have any friends because my friends moved away or got married or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm 27 and I'm just miserable because my best friend, Sarah at the time, she, she and I had met through work and then she moved back to Syracuse in November. And so I was at a really, really low place, like Mm -hmm. really like just so, so depressed And just like, I was looking at my career and I was like, I'm not even happy here. Like, I don't even want to be here. Mm. And it was translating into my job, my dating life. And I kept thinking, like, if I just meet the right person, like the job, I I can be in a miserable job and it's fine. That is true. Actually, you, if you do read the right person, but you're not going to attract the right person until you show up for yourself. So I quit the job. I, I, I quit the job. I went to Chicago solo. I came back. I dated a guy for a week. And he basically got really weird at a Super Bowl party and told me I was abusive and I didn't put a hand on him and I never touched him. And then he like gaslit me into like thinking that like I did something wrong, but I but I've been in bad at like bad, bad, horrible relationships before. So I was like, Mm-mm. no, I was like, I'm not standing for this. I was like, right. I'm, I'm moving on by like good luck. Maybe you need some therapy, buddy. Like Jeez. Like none of this stuff happened, and that was really insane.
0: Yeah, that's wild.
1: So I was like, still kind of like you know, job searching, and this was like the the week that I met my husband. Mm-hmm. I went. I decided to go on this date with this guy. We've been talking for a while, and he worked at uh, a like a marketing company for like a bank, banking systems. And he, you know, the whole time, all he wanted to talk about was salary. And I did tell him before the date I was like. I just want to let you know, I don't have a job currently. I, I, and I had a lot in savings. I was at least smart and had savings before I like mm-hmm. put a job. I was like, I, a, I I have savings. I was like, I'm not trying to like blow through them. So like, I would like to do this Denver passport thing, which is like a two for one drink thing around the city. I was like, I'll pay for the, I'll pay, I'll pay for the round because your drink is free. Essentially I'll pay for my drink
0: mm-hmm. and
1: we'll see if like, we can, you know, get to know one another. And, and, and so I, I let him know, like, I'm not in a financial position. Like I can, I, I'm not going to go on a date if, I'm not going to go on a date if I can't afford it. However, I'm not like trying to go on this elaborate date. I'm just trying to yep. like be economical and frugal, one drink, figure it out. So the drink goes well enough. And then he's like, well, we should go get dinner. I'm like, I was like thinking in my head, I'm like, okay, like the place across the street is like super cheap, it's a la carte. And I can at least like buy like one thing and I'm fine. And mm-hmm. I, again, I'm not trying to like fish for someone to like buy my dinner or anything like that. I can always yeah. pay for the things I do you know, the principle of it. I'm a little old school. I would expect you to like, not want to go Dutch on a first date. That's a little weird, but for me at least, cause I always grew up, like my dad was very like, you know, traditional. Mm-hmm. So we're at, sitting at this date and my friend, a, my friend, Allison, starts texting me like frantically and she lives in Philadelphia and she had just found out that her boyfriend cheated on her. And she was oh. like, panicking and it's coming through on my Fitbit because I didn't have an iWatch at the time I had a Fitbit and all the text messages are coming through so I'm like look I'm like I'm listening but I said it looks like my friend's having a crisis Mm -hmm. and I was like and I'm not like I know like like, all the movies and stuff this looks like I'm trying to dip out I was like I'm not trying to dip out I just I think I need to step outside and make a phone call and so Mm -hmm. and I'm like I'm excuse me like I'll be right back so I step outside I call her and I was like hey look like this date's wrapping up like the state's like winding down. Like I, I can be, I, I can be home and I will call you and like, we can chat. I was like, you know, just give me like 30 minutes. So I was like, cause I like, gotta get, grab the check. Gotta like get in an Uber. Gotta go home. I come back and he takes my Fitbit and he tries to take my watch. And I'm like, don't touch me. First of all, <laughs> don't touch my stuff. And like, how dare you? Like, I'm not lying. Like this is yeah. like, I am a woman in her twenties and my friend who I've known forever, I used to work with her. She was, she's such a good friend of mine is, is truly heartbroken. Yeah. And you are upset that I like am not giving you like full attention. Right. So then the other thing that he did that just drove me crazy was, well, another thing he did, like I ordered like this one, I ordered the salad for me that I love and like a little bit of lamb and like together my bill plus a drink would be like $30 maximum Mm -hmm. on my own. And he ordered, like, basically he'd never been there. So he like tried to order one of everything. The bill comes and he's like, well, we should split it. And I didn't eat any of the things that he got. Oh gosh. And I'm just like, I need to get the fuck out of the state. Like, I can't, yeah. I can't be here anymore. I can't be here anymore. I can't be here. Right. And I was like, I was like, okay, well, I guess like you didn't remember the conversation where I told you that like, I am, I can afford things, but I wasn't expecting to literally drop like. Honestly, almost a hundred dollars right. on a meal that I didn't eat. I was like, but for the sake of this being done faster, I will. I will pay for the whole thing, like if that means <laughs> I can go. Because he was also talking to me about his salary and he works with his ex girlfriend, and it was just like it was just not good. And then yeah, he has the audacity after I call an Uber, he's like, can we share one? Like, can I come back with you? I was like, no. I was like, get oh your God. own. First of all, like you, I don't even, yeah. I don't even remember his name, but I just remember he was like, not that cute. And, oh. um, like he dressed like he dressed like a nineties dad, which like <laughs> would be on trend now, but not at That's the time. <laughs> and, um, so, so he, then he tries to go in for a kiss and I'm like, not feeling it. And I was like, look, mm. I was like, I am just like, I'm so repulsed. Like, I honestly, like, uh. and I get home, I call my friend and I get off the phone with my friend. I I expected this guy to like kind of retaliate. Normally I would cleave and block uh, Mm because I've been on a lot of dates and I kind of knew where this one was going to go, but he actually was very respectful, but he did ask me to rate the date. And I said, honestly, I don't think you want that. And he said, no, I actually, I would like feedback. And I was like, well, where do I begin? I was like, and I just like sent him a manuscript text message, and I said, "Yeah, work on all of those things, or maybe just date your ex girlfriend since you like can't stop talking about her because i right. not over it." So, right, why? and so that's kind of like what put me in a position where I was like, I should not be dating like that. <laughs> I am <laughs> that's like, fair. this is like that was so bad that I, yeah. I don't feel like I don't, I, I had no control over the situation. It just like was like a train that like moved down the tracks. Yeah. So I was logging into all of my apps to delete them. So I logged into because you're, you cast a wide net when you're single and you just see this, especially in Denver, you see the same people over and over and over again. So mm-hmm. I was on OkCupid. I was on Coffee Meets Bagel. I was on Hinge. I was on Bumble. I was on Tinder and I was also on OkCupid. And so OkCupid like basically was kind of the best out of the worst. Like it was, it was more, it was almost like a, it was like a free version of match.com, which is I've used and it's terrible. Um, okay. And less for, like it's, it's like a more open source like eHarmony. So you, we ask, okay. you answer questions for magic percentage and they're like anything from like intimacy to, you know, drug use or recreational drug use, or do you smoke, or how do you feel about politics? So they're asking questions, and Scott loves to fight on the internet. So all of Scott's answers were highly political. And I didn't, I don't like to talk, at the time, I hated talking about it because it would just be like a date turn off or on. So I didn't mm-hmm. really talk about it. Cause I wasn't educated at the time about certain things. Uh-huh. And so I would just skip those questions and I would answer mm-hmm. things that were more like deal breakers for me. So if you're not like a full match percentage, like if you're not, you have the option as a woman to filter it so that if the, you're less than a 65% match, you then it'll go into your other inbox. And then you have the choice of whether or not, you want mm. to read those. Okay. So like, okay, Cupid was kind of like, it was good because you could expand on your profile of your likes, your dislikes, your wants, and your needs. It was bad because if someone was a high enough match percentage, they could send you a really mean message based on things that you don't like. And mm. so it was kind of like a, it was kind of like just rolling the dice and see what would happen. And yeah, it, it was, it was really weird. Cause I just, I was like, no, nah, you know, I'm here. I might as well, you know, get a, get a little kick out of like whatever's in my inbox, my other inbox. Sure. and. I had this message and you basically read the message and it blocks out the person's picture at the time. So you didn't see the picture. You just read the message. So you're like falling in love with this text. And it's like going through all of my profile and I'm, I'm pretty like, I'm very witty. And I'm, on uh, and especially in typing, like I'm quick witted and I like to think I'm funny. So I like wrote my profile in a way that was like kind of funny and tongue in cheek. And like, mm-hmm. talk- I talked about like, you know, how, I have like a whole bit at karaoke that I do, or how I use lift rides like stand up, like a stand up comedy like open mic night, and <laughs> so I'm like I'm like writing all these things that I find funny and like things that I love, and then like things I don't like. And Scott saw this and thought like this person has standards, not realizing it was me. And I'm uh-huh. reading this message, not realizing it's him. And then I scroll up, and sure enough, it's the photo his mom took of him at OCS after graduation. And uh-huh. I'm like, this guy. In, like, <laughs> and I'm thinking like whatever. Like just just tell me how. I and mean, then I was like, yeah, my phone number. I was like, this message is awesome. But you have my phone number. He's like, yeah. What were the digits again? He didn't have it. Mm. He was a little offended <laughs> that I didn't want to come to the bar. And so, uh, oh, funny. <laughs> so he. Text me, and he was. We start talking, and we just don't stop texting. And I at the time I didn't realize it, but he was at work, and he was in his first month of doing like the whole admin training thing when you get Uh to the case. So he was like, "Wow, what are the odds of this?" And they're very high that we would be rematched (laughs) on another site. But I didn't tell him (laughs) that because he's brand new to Denver, and I never (laughs) wanted to date anyone in the military. I had so many stereotypes. I never wanted to date anyone that had just moved to Denver because I didn't want to be a tour guide. But you know, I. I have I also like ended up feeling kind of sick that next morning and I lost my voice. I had lar- I had mm. laryngitis and I was like, Well, I have laryngitis. Like I truly like I, I have laryngitis. And he's like, mm-hmm. I'm not taking no for an answer. Like you like <laughs> like I'm picking like we have to go on the state. And I'm like, okay. So I give him my address, which I would never do because I'm a true crime fanatic. But apparently <laughs> I was like, eh, this guy's not gonna murder me. But uh so yeah, so he he picks me up. And he's like, he's looking like cool as a cucumber sitting on the back of his car, like wearing a suede jacket. And right before he picked me up, he was texting me. I mean, we were talking about, I, I just threw in like, these are my non-negotiables. I want to be married by an Elvis. I don't want children. And he was like, that's an option. I was like, yes, it's an option. Like what? And he was like, I don't know. I just thought that like, that's what women wanted. And I was like, that's really misogynistic, dude. Right. So I, I just kind of like laid it on the table and he was like, I hope this is my last first date. And I'm like, yeah. Aww. Okay. Like he really hadn't dated anyone and okay. he, and he was looking for something completely serious and he wasn't, mm-hmm. he wasn't willing to waste any time on anyone. Like any, like it, it was either like we were dating or we're not, mm. that, that's how serious he was about like wanting to meet people and wanting to be with yeah. the person. And I was at the point where I was just like, not going to waste time on people that like weren't even worth my time. Like I would tell people in text message, like, these are my non-negotiables. And if the guy was like, if you still want to meet up after these are non-negotiables, I are out, then cool. And I would have guys go, well, kids are what I want. And I'm like, cool. Mm -hmm. I don't want to meet you because I'm not changing my mind. Like, so, so that was just kind of something I did. And so Mm
0: -hmm. not to mention like the fact that with, uh, with those non-negotiables, like, if someone's, if you did still meet up with them, then you're also measuring them as someone, is this the person who's like, I would change my non-negotiable for, you know, and that's just not a healthy way to get to know somebody either. So I I like that you just were straightforward about it.
1: Absolutely. And so what I didn't know was that Scott was so excited to go on this date, like so excited. And I admittedly, I was kind of excited too, because he was like, funny and like i'm like not and he's cute and he like sent me a selfie of him in his uniform and i was like oh this is doing it for me in your blueberries like i like it which is the <laughs> blue uniform but they changed yeah. to like pickles so <laughs> I, I i find out cuz the date ends up lasting 72 hours and i find out about it's <laughs> um, amazing yeah yeah and then i moved in a month later i find out that he was so excited about the date that he took cuz he's from southern california and what, southern Californias love a car wash And he was very excited because he has he has a officer car. And for your listeners who have had a spouse or anyone who's commissioned, if they commissioned and they were a bachelor, they buy the most impractical car. It's typically a Camaro or a BRZ or like a Thunderbird, something really ridiculously dumb. And he bought a two seater BRZ that is not good in the snow and then took a snow billet, basically. So (laughs) he bought the only Subaru that's not all wheel drive. And Colorado <laughs> was the land of the Subarus and he right. got the non all-wheel drive one. So he, had, so he has this little BRZ, which is like a sports car and picks me up. But he also, because he likes to tinker with things, had modified his dash to include a Google tablet. Well, he didn't realize the Google tablet was draining the battery while he was wax hand waxing his car <coughs> in the garage. So his car is dead. Right? Oh. It, it dies. And he's like, oh no, what do I do? And he's like, oh shoot, it's like four. So he gets in an Uber, asks the Uber to stay there, goes to Napa Auto Parts, gets a fully charged battery, jumps his car, drives around the city, lets it idle in the garage with like runs upstairs, gets like, and then like does like a, you know, hope like, a, like a, a quick shower like of the armpits. And then he like sprays some cologne and he's like, ah, I don't know what to do. He was just so nervous. And yeah. then that's why he looked like such a weirdo, like just sitting on top of his car, like, oh. and then he went like this to me, like, "suck." I was like, ew, what? Oh, and no.
0: he's my <laughs> husband. <laughs> that's amazing. That's such a great story. Yeah. So I'm curious, you know, you said you had kind of preconceived notions about men in the military right. and you weren't up for being in a relationship, marrying one especially. Right. Did how many of those were true? What was true? What were you surprised by?
1: None of them were true. So okay. my, well, so my only frame of reference was kids I went to high school with that were gung ho and wanted to join the army and then went on an appointment and then came back and were like, you know, PTSD shell shocked. Like,
0: Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: And so that's
0: fair. That's a totally fair or,
1: or, or they went to the, or they went to the air force Academy because like that's how they grew up and that's what they did. And like, but I didn't really know much about it. And Mm -hmm. growing up for me, like my, my dad was an engineer in like high tech and like, I never had to go like, he, he was too young for the draft. So he never had to like do any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And my mom, her, my grandpa was reserve air force and my great grandma, like would put rivets on, she she did rivets on airplanes. Oh wow. World war two. So That's awesome. Yeah. So it's like, that was my only tie though. And I mean, like my grandpa unfortunately passed away before I met Scott. He actually passed away in 2015 and had Mm -hmm. he been alive and met Scott, gosh, he would have just absolutely adored him. They would have talked about, they would have talked about ships for hours and it would be great. But I feel like it's, it's nice because I, I, you know, there's a lot of my father's qualities in him and Scott and there's a lot of my grandfather's qualities in Scott too, which 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 is something that like makes me really happy because I feel like I chose like a very good man. But as far as like preconceived notions, with him moving downtown, I kind of unfairly assumed that like, oh, you got a divorce, like
0: oh, interesting, 30, okay.
1: you know, like you're in your thirty, like he was mm-hmm. he's twenty nine, about to turn thirty, okay. and I was twenty seven, about to turn twenty eight. So mm-hmm. the, I, I unfairly assumed that maybe he would be, you know, like not interested in being committed, or he would be divorced a few times, he would have some kids. And he didn't have any of those things. He'd Mm -hmm. never been married. He had, you know, never even lived with a girl Mm -hmm. besides someone who was in the Navy, like who Mm -hmm. they they were just using like a collective crash pad just so they could live off base. Right. Right. Yeah. So he he had none of those things. And and it was like I ate my words. Like it was it, it was just incorrect of me to assume that. And since, mm-hmm. you know, becoming a spouse and being thrown into the community and from through everything I've learned from being on a short at, a short command to a C command, I realized that like a lot of those stereotypes, unfortunately, can be true. Sure. but mm-hmm. that's not everyone. That's not technically the norm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then unfortunately, a lot of those stereotypes are obviously negative Mm -hmm. and they're talked about and they're publicized and all that kind of stuff. So I totally hear you there. And I think that that's sort of, if I'm being completely objective and fair to the, the active duty side Mm of everyone I talk to, you know, look at when I think about everybody I've spoken with, how incredibly different they are and they're all married, you know, so (laughs) that in itself goes to show you that there's such a it's such a huge mix. And even so as my husband's career has gone on, I feel like he's kind of the funnel has narrowed in terms of like the other people that he goes into work with become sort of more and more like him because he's in like a more and more mm-hmm. specialized type thing. But even within that, I feel like it's still ridiculously diverse. And like I tease him because the area that he's in you generally like there's certain things like you generally have to have like an engineering background, oftentimes a master's degree, etc. So I'm like, I feel like he like further and further refines his like nerd status and yeah is surrounded by more and more of them. But even within those, there's so many different people. And like you said, unfortunately, there are a few in the you know on a broader scale that kind of spoiled the bunch. But yeah, it's it's amazing how different they really are. And I think they sometimes have to grapple with that too because I think that. And we'll get to that next. But, you know, your podcast talking about imposter syndrome, I feel like that exists for them just as well. I think that mm-hmm. there's this standard military person that they all, to some degree, feel some sort of part of it they want to live up to. And yeah,
1: yeah. And and so in my husband's community, it was that it, basically once you become an officer, they try to do everything they can to continue you in the career to promote you. But there's certain, there's certain industries and there's certain jobs within the military that if you don't promote, then they're going to like retire you out. Like, bye. Mm -hmm. You don't like, you're not going to, you're, they're just going to like basically push you out Mm -hmm. in his, he took, he, so he took a, he, he short toured. So he was stationed in Denver for, two years, just under, just shy of two years. So we left in January, we moved out of our apartment in January of 2019. And, and he thought, well, if I, if I go on a deployment, I will become a lieutenant commander. Like that's, I need to, I need to do that to stay in. I need to make sure they're 20. I get, I get my 20 because he, the way he sees it is he's so close that like, and he's been earning it since he was 18, you know, and and listed. So And I don't blame him. In fact, I would be disappointed for him if he wasn't able to achieve that. However, the pressure that that put on him was a lot. And now he's finding out that they are not even making him promote anymore because his community is so small that it's lucrative on the outside. So they're trying to keep people inside Mm -hmm. by being like, well, you don't have to actually like, rake yourself over the coals so it's like well that would have been nice to know before we came to this command and i watched my husband become a shell of himself like Uh hmm, okay but but also you know every command is different and like the job he's under like it's it was hard for him to go back from being on the shore to back on the ship but yeah he's an incredible person him being enlisted prior makes him very empathetic and very Mm. good with his sailors and he cares a lot. And his biggest thing right now is he's trying to care less because Mm. in terms of, because he, and I don't know if your husband's like this, but he wraps himself up into this, like he wants so badly for these things to be good and great and whatever. And he's, he's, he's a higher up cog in the machine, but he's Mm -hmm. still not the highest cog in the machine. So it's like, you're, you're still part of this like well-oiled thing. And like, you know, the squeaky wheel, unfortunately always gets the grease. And so yeah. it's easy to, when you're just one of one, be the one that's blamed for a lot of things. And it's not this command in yeah. particular that I'm talking about, but just something that he's come to learn is, and especially like on this deployment, he's done a lot of soul searching because he's had nothing but time. Sure, And He's realized what's really important to him is me and our dog and our quality time together. And Mm -hmm. this command has basically, he said, if my only option was to go back out to sea, I wouldn't do it again.
0: Mm.
1: Like he's like, I, 20 years is, is, is enough. Like I'm not getting a a single day longer. Like Mm -hmm. I I can't do it anymore. And yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think he doesn't also, he also doesn't know who he's going to be outside of the military.
0: Sure. I think that's totally fair. And that's something that we've grappled with. And I can totally empathize with what you're saying because I think, and perhaps that's something of the nature of the type of person who's compelled to go into service. But my husband's the same. And I actually was recently telling him something where I was like, you know, in my ideal scenario, you do this thing and you find a way to care like a medium amount about it. Because that's, that's his his thing is if I take this on, like I know the level at which he commits in the level yeah. of it that he internalizes and everything so it's sort of like do you need to put yourself in a position to remove as many opportunities to yeah stress over something and obsess over it is that the answer yeah. or is is there a way to care slightly less like yeah. how does that work and yeah and i agree with you that i think hearing what you're saying is one of the biggest, most helpful things for us, for our marriage and for like continuing to do this life is hearing that same thing that you're hearing, which is knowing like at the end of the day where we fall, you know, and like you said, knowing that like when, when it really comes down to it, what needs to happen. And for me, that helps me be good with a lot more stuff, you know, where like, if I felt like I was having to like shove elbows with the air force to like, you know find my rank within his priorities. Like I would probably be a lot less up for things and a lot less supportive, but I know that at the end of the day, the minute that if I were ever like, I cannot do this any longer or this is what we need to do or something that he hears that he respects that. And that's where his priorities are too. And I think that that goes such a long way for just military spouses in general, because we are sort of like in the current of their life and the current of their career. Mm-hmm. And there's so much of that, that you can't really fight, but at the right. same time, knowing that they are the ones who can hop off and if we yeah. ever need them to that, they can makes it a lot less scary to be. Yeah, that, right? I,
1: I agree with that. And something that the pandemic has taught me. So like I, I lost, I lost my job um, in March of last year. And something that the pandemic has taught me, which I don't think I would have, I think I would have fought it tooth and nail, but the the pandemic has taught me that I don't have any control. And it's honestly made it easier to be a spouse because I think I was so used to all of my freedoms and choices and the world's my oyster. And now it's like, I have freedom within wherever his career is going to go next. And and it's, and I'm, and it's not a woe is me with spouses. We choose to do this. We choose to serve in the way that we choose to serve. And I also think that's cheesy. And I don't like that I said we're serving, but we kind of are, I mean, and in the sense I, and I don't want to sound dependent or anything like that, but we we do serve in the sense of, we make the sacrifice. We make a lot of sacrifices for them, like Mm -hmm. whether it be career or them not being there for the childbirth or you're raising kids alone by yourself, or you're doing a move by yourself. Like there are so many things and and things that like they will miss and there's things that we will miss and we won't ever see from them. And it's hard. It's hard, but something that the pandemic has really taught me this last year, especially as we're getting ready for a deployment. And we had all these workups that was, were going on was I have no control over this and I have no control over what's going on right now. And I have to just be okay with it and find Mm -hmm. comfort in our marriage and where we fall and, um, know that he's coming back. Like he's coming at least like the one thing that I can just find like hope and grace with is that he's going to come back. And so Mm -hmm. that that's been really good. And I don't think if, if there wasn't a pandemic and I was still working and I, and I was working where I was working, I don't think I would have reached out for my spousal community. And I don't think I would have plugged myself in because I was so vehemently against the, I had, had one negative interaction um, in, in Colorado that stuck with me at a, at a dining out, which is mm. like a celebration. I don't know if the air force does stuff like yes. that, but mm-hmm. in our wardroom, we did a dining out. It was at the, uh, it was at the Denver Aquarium. And, um, there was a, a, a gal and she was like a, a senior chief and, uh, she came over to me and she was like, oh, I saw that you were with Lieutenant Woolwick. And I was like, I've never been to a Navy event. We'd only been dating like a month. Okay. And mm-hmm. I'd already like, didn't know what to wear and was like Googling it and had no idea. And I bought this gorgeous sure. ball gown for $25 from anthropology originally priced at 200, no, $350. I got it for $25. That's amazing. And a military discount on top of that. Cause Scott bought it. Nice. And so I bought this gorgeous, <laughs> like, and it's, it's, it's stunning dress and I have photos of it and I've worn it to two things now. So it's retired. Like we can't wear her again. <laughs>
0: Isn't that so sad? Yeah. Damn social media. I feel like social media ruins that because yeah. no one else would have ever known yeah. in olden times. No one would know you've ever worn it once before.
1: Yeah. So keep in mind, no frame of reference for the military. This is, I'm in a mm-hmm. bizarro world with this like grog and the ceremonies and this one guy's wearing a kilt and that's okay with his uniform. Like what's going on? Uh, right. And there's like, and there's <laughs> Top Gun theme and I'd never seen Top Gun and people were like, you've never seen Top Gun.
0: <laughs> I bet you have since. Uh, I've yeah. not seen have all seen of it, it, though.
1: it though? I, I know, I know, I know, I know. It's, it's okay. a running joke between my husband and I.
0: Yeah, that's impressive. And,
1: Yes. I've, I've actively, it's my one superpower—is I've actively just not <laughs> seen all of it. Um, but I've seen the scene that counts if you're wondering. Sure. Volleyball. So, and I've, and I've walked past the Top Gun bar and yeah, whatever. Nice. And I know, I mean, I know the names like, sure, whatever. Yeah. So, uh, so so I'm standing outside and there was a senior chief and and I, I, but of course, like, I don't know who anyone is. I don't know acronyms. I don't know ranks. I don't know rates. I don't know anything. And she comes up and she goes, so you're with Lieutenant Walwick. And I said, yeah. And she was like, oh, cool. Like, you know, is that, you know, and I said, yeah, he's my boyfriend. Like what's going on. And she was like, Mm -hmm. oh yeah. Like I just, you know, she was talking to me and then she just starts shit talking him to me. Like just like just saying the weirdest stuff. And she's like, he's too nice to his sailors and that's going to get him in trouble. And he should like really wisen up and like not be as nice to his sailors as he is. And I'm just letting you know, because like, it's just like not okay. And I went into the bathroom and I started sobbing. I was like, it was the most horrible interaction. And so Scott, but like, also
0: like, yeah, in hindsight, a really great takeaway for Scott, like, Oh, now I'm like, that clarity. was actually yeah. a
1: compliment. She meant to write it for right. but that's actually a compliment. Like yeah, absolutely. you do care and that's not the norm and it's good that you care.
0: Right. Right.
1: Yeah. Like Scott, I told Scott what happened and, and, uh, he, uh, called, called his old, she was going to his old command in Hawaii and said, Hey, she's a really great sailor. Like make sure, make sure she has fun. Like, you know, make sure, yeah. you know, and they were like, Oh, Okay. Noted. I mean, he meant it nicely because she actually was a good sailor that he worked with. Yeah. But, but it, I, it stuck with me. And I that was just this interaction that I was like, mm, I'm going to like arm's length away. And I'm also like, you know, yeah. he's attached to an Air Force base. So there's not really a huge Navy presence. I'm in a landlocked mm. state. I don't know what a sea command or sea duty looks like. And so when yeah. we moved here and I'd been married to my husband for, you know, two years, two going on three it was a shock like mm-hmm. oh every eighth day you have to sleep on the ship and you go away sometimes like yeah and I grieved it and I I look back and I'm like you weak little woman like <laughs> oh my god like you don't know what's coming
0: like you know it's just such an adjustment though and I think like all of that has to be hard once because right, right. I think that too sometimes like I'll see p- questions pop up in a spouse thing about you know like how did you handle a TDY? Or like, how did you deal with it when they left for whatever? And like, I can look at it now and be like, bless your heart. But it is hard the first time. It's hard for everybody the first time. And right. it's amazing how quickly you can toughen up and like, look back on that version of yourself and, and see her as some, something of a meek little thing. I but- deleted
1: those memories. I was like, <laughs> I'm embarrassed for you. Like that's yikes. Like- <laughs>
0: That's awesome. But,
1: um, so I, so yeah, so, so like I said, like I, I, I didn't really reach out and I also like coming from a place where there's not a lot of military to a place Mm -hmm. where you throw a rock and you hit a sailor or a Marine, um, (laughs) it was also an adjustment because Mm -hmm. I'm now a spouse and that's a normal word when getting a job and that's a Mm -hmm. normal term and a phrase and they're used to it. And they're familiar with like breaking your lease for military contracts. They're familiar with these things. Sure. Where in Colorado, like we had to like prove that like these are things that can, yeah. you know, that, that are allowed to us by law.
0: You had to be um, like equipped they for tried it. To, yeah. They tried
1: to like tell us we couldn't break our lease. And Scott was like, I have orders. And I, and she was like, show me where that is. And he was like, here's the bill that says right. that you can't.
0: Right. Here's <laughs> you know? the constitution. Yeah, here's, here's
1: what <laughs> says I can do this. And you're not, you're denying me my 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 rights. Right. So yeah. So I I I, I sort of reached out. I went to like mm-hmm. one happy hour at a spouse event or mm-hmm. a, a, an officer spouse thing. And they all like raised their glasses and cheers to each other and were like, can't wait to be pregnant together. And I'm sitting at the end of the table and I'm like, I don't want children. Wow. And they were all pilot wives, because okay. there's a lot of pilot wives out here. Because the, the aviation program out here is mm-hmm. very good and it's huge hub. So I walked away from that not really making any friends mm-hmm. and then it's funny because a couple of those gals that were sitting at that table at this happy hour that I went to are now some of my cl- well funny enough all of all of them are pregnant or had kids or mm-hmm. are trying to get pregnant except for like my friend Angela and I who don't want kids mm-hmm. and then um my friend Shelby uh ended up getting laid off around the pandemic as well. Mm. She's a pastry chef and she's ended up becoming one of my really, really close spouse friends out here. Nice. And so it's, it's interesting kind of how they, she showed up when I needed her. Yeah. And that's what you do. That's what mm-hmm. you do as a spouse. And, and it's something that I will never take for granted because the spouse community is wonderful in many, many ways. And of course there's, there's the negative components of it, the drama, the tea, sure. the gossip, the MLMs—you <laughs> know. Sure, <laughs> but but there's also some beautiful things where I can I can count on my spousal community when I need them, and they show up every time. Mm-hmm. And me, and it's it's more so true, I would say, for me in the officer community. And I don't like to talk like that because I don't think there's a I don't think there's a divide between me and the enlisted. Mm-hmm like there's no real division between myself and someone who is going through the same deployment and they're, they're, you know, they're enlisted. Like, I don't sure. think there's, we're the same. Um, but in the officer spouse community, because we have to deal with the same types of things, mm-hmm. I tend to always be able to rely on. Sure.
0: Yeah. Little- yeah. And like, and I don't know the science behind that. I'm sure that there are numbers somewhere about it, but I would also be curious about what the balance is between quote unquote career Mm -hmm. officers versus career enlisted. And if there are more career officers, because it, just in my experience, more of the people that I've crossed paths with who have been doing it for a while. And again, like you said, not that there's like a difference in personality type or something, but sometimes I know for me where it's like, hey, teach me or like, hey, you have experience. And those tend to be the people who who've been doing it a while. Right, but. and
1: you make a good point. So there's a difference between Academy, ROTC, and enlisted, prior enlisted, right? Like prior enlisted, like those wives are fun, but they also <laughs> didn't, you 99% of the time, they were with them from a boot, right? So a boot means- yeah they're they've been together since the boot so like they were either high school sweethearts or whatever Mm -hmm. they've been a thousand deployments a thousand you know a thousand things maybe at one point he geo-batched in Bahrain and you know because they would have more money with their kids but they're fun and their kids are typically teenagers Mm -hmm. and usually that guy he he OCS is later in life he goes OCS later in life and commissions later in life And I will just say that, like, I love those. Those are my favorite spouses. They like, they have so much knowledge. Ugh, there's this one in my hand um, and she, she's just like, she'll come on the wine. We want, we will, we'll do like a wardrobe, an unofficial wardrobe. Like, let's have virtual wine and we'll talk. Uh And she's just always such a hoot. I love her. (laughs) um and uh and so it's it's but everyone has a different experience of course right so Mm -hmm. so you don't go you don't go to you don't go to her you don't go to shelly when you when when you're having a bad day because she's just going to say wisen up like sure it's so she's not the one you go to for comfort sure you go to the academy spouse (laughs) who they're, they're college sweethearts or like mm-hmm. high school to college or they met like as he was like getting his training somewhere and and this is his first duty station as a married couple and this is her, their first deployment and they're having a hard time. You go to them. Mm-hmm. Or I'll go to my enlisted friends who are equally as fed up or upset <laughs> or having a bad sure. day and we just, yeah. we just chat, you know? Sure. So you, you kind of have to pick who you want to talk to, but, I, the, but there is a divide and I don't know why there's a divide, but it, but it mm-hmm. is a different experience. Like my friends that are married to pilots cannot relate to me. Beep, boop, cannot, they don't think below the flight deck. That does not exist <laughs> sure. in them. Sure. My husband's at the bottom, like my husband's in the middle of the ship somewhere being a nerd and (laughs) their husbands up on top flying a essential like I the day I realized helicopters have missiles on them my (laughs) mind was blown I didn't I never knew that was a thing yeah (laughs) I I was like oh it's a death bus okay like wow didn't know that so and and I'm attached to a helicopter landing deck so so and then all of them, I'm getting ready for this deployment, and all, none of them had gone through a deployment yet. Mm. And now they're about to go through it, and they're asking me all these questions, and mm-hmm. oh, I didn't know what I didn't know. And I'm like, I can't, nothing I can say is gonna prepare you for it. So, right. You just gotta like roll with it and like be mm-hmm. okay with the stupid crap you buy to make you happy because, like, sure. it, you're gonna <laughs> buy some dumb stuff. Like,
0: that's the There's truth. There's so
1: much dumb stuff that I've been taught. Yep. Like, I'm I'm in shock, and you think it'll bring you joy, and it does for like five
0: seconds. I, I was going to say, and every time you think it, and every time you try again, and it must have not <laughs> been the right thing, or maybe I need to at once, or
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I don't want to sh- jump gears too much, but yeah. I kind of do because I really want to talk about your podcast, and I want mm-hmm. just tell me about it and kind of what inspired you to start it, what motivates you. What your goals are to me the whole spiel.
1: So I'm very um outspoken and something that like I've done since our you know first PCS move was to San Diego. I've tried to just kind of lean into like what makes me unique and like what I bring to the table. And I am not the typical spouse. I'm not demure, I am loud, I'm opinionated, I'm politically invested. Mm-hmm. I'm also social. I'm, I care about social justice and mm-hmm. I have a voice yes. and all I, of which
0: I love and <laughs> appreciate. And I'm so glad that you're out there. Yes, doing and that. I'm
1: glad you have that as well. And I think it's like more people should feel comfortable being loud. It's okay. Um, Agreed. And because, because it's it, the times have passed since you get married and they give you a book that said marrying an officer the like <laughs> 1950s, like, <laughs> right. No, Yeah, I'm not, I, no, like,
0: you know, and to go back to what you were saying before about kind of like there being different people you go to for each thing. I think some of that comes with time too, because I know who I wanted to be as a 24 year old spouse and who I've accepted that I am as a 32 year old spouse and who I have been fortunate to realize my husband has accepted that I am are different, you know, and I think it does take some time and some courage to be somebody who says, Hey, I'm a military spouse and. I have the following opinions and, you know, whatever, yeah. Black Lives Matter, for instance, right, you know, right. and I think those are the kinds of things that are like, there's like this sometimes the stigma with expressing yourself or having an opinion. And I think that that's a total bummer. And that's the opposite of what I want to happen on this podcast because we're right, all so different right. and we all have such different opinions. And, and yeah, I think that's awesome.
1: Yeah. So to go back to my podcast so my podcast is called Please Don't Kick Me Out which at the time of uh, at, the, at the time of this releasing your episode is available to stream. It was last week's episode. Um, and it was awesome. And I'm so glad that you came on my podcast because I want to have more military voices, but to get into what my podcast is about, it's, it's a niche podcast where it's about imposter syndrome and that can sound kind of boring, but it's not really. We talk about careers, success, failures, feeling other than what points of your life did you feel counted out? Like, how do you get out of your own way? Like just really talking about imposter syndrome and what it is. So imposter syndrome is the feeling of being found out to be a fraud. And it is the feeling of not being able to accept your own accomplishments because you don't feel like you deserve them in some way, shape or form, because someone's going to take them from you. And so for me, imposter syndrome was every day of my job, I was a marketing director at a a branch of Fortune 500 company. And I earned that. I had 10 going on 10 years of experience. And I earned that title and I earned that position. And it was something that I worked very hard for. And I, I grew, like, I, like, I literally clawed my way to get there. Mm-hmm. And I, every day, and I, you know, this was an industry title insurance industry. It's not sexy. It's a sector of a, it's a sector of real estate. And, um, for a number of years, title insurance companies were not allowed, at least in the state of California, to advertise because mm. they would basically try to sweeten the deal and they would, you know, give like concert, you know, it just it wasn't good practice. So mm. there's statutes in place. So they didn't really want to advertise because there's so much rules and re- so many rules and regulations. Yeah. And all title insurance is essentially the same. So um so I was walking into just a blank slate and my boss was very enamored by me and how much experience I had. And I didn't say no. And I would put things on my plate and I I didn't ask questions. I just did it because that was Mm -hmm. my career. You just, as a digital marketer, you know, this, you don't, there's, there is no, no, it's how can I figure it out? Like, Mm -hmm. especially when you're client facing, especially when you're, when you're managing a brand, there is no, no, there's just like, let me figure it out Mm -hmm. Um, and get back to you. I always use the term jack of all trades, master of maybe one or two. Like sure. <laughs> right. I, can, I can do these things, but yes. like I'm really good at these things. Yes, um, I just so, described
0: my job as that like right. three days ago. So I yeah. I hear you. <laughs> yeah.
1: So um so I ended up getting laid off. Um and actually it was I, I tell people that it I, I used to just tell people it was pandemic, and now I tell people it's because I actually asked for a raise. I was actually mm promised a i was prompt i was hired at the top end of the salary he was willing to give and then he said at the end of the year you'll be making what you asked for and i mm-hmm. said okay and and we shook on it and mm-hmm. then at the end of the year i was hourly but i was also um i would also have to be furloughed one day a week and so it was my employee who made you know, obviously far less than I did. Mm -hmm. And he told me, he's like, I can't afford to take one day a week off. And I said, okay, well then I will take the one day a week off and you can work a full five days, but you have to get your stuff done. And Mm -hmm. he kind of had like a time management problem. And he was in general, just kind of really hard to manage. Uh, Anyway. So I, I reached a breaking point where I was just, things were on my plate, on my plate, on my plate, on my plate. I'm not making enough money to even like justify the amount of work I was doing inside of work, outside of work, and I wasn't being compensated for it. And mm-hmm. so I went into my boss's office after one of the sales reps came into my office and was like, you don't have these blank binders and blah, blah, blah. When my boss told me you're furloughed and you're not allowed to hire any more promotional materials and the promotional materials you had to order through the actual companies. So they are expensive. And mm-hmm. I, and so like that puts us in the red and they're trying to like make their numbers look good. So I was furloughed and I was already hourly and now I can't order promotional items. And this sales dude is like screaming at me in my office. And I'm like, I don't need to take this. And I was like, I I have had enough. And so I go in there and I'm like, and I just, I literally tell him, I was like, you need to pay me more money. I was like, I have given you a wrap sheet. I have, I have increased all of this. I was like, I was like, you've ignored my request to have a yearly review. You haven't wanted to talk to me about it. You've skirted it from me. And I was like, what's the deal? Are you giving me a raise or are you not giving me a raise? I was like, because I will walk out the store. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and then good luck. And so mm-hmm. he, you know, he was like, oh my gosh, yes. Like he's like, obviously I can like pay you more. Like that's like that's insane. Like, oh my gosh, yes. And as he thought about it, because I ended up, um, I think I might have had COVID because we've been mm-hmm. to Vegas. So I like. I went home that day and then I couldn't get out of bed for a whole week. And oh, my, I mean, I saw like, I look back in my archive and I looked at March 3rd and I'm like, my lymph nodes are swollen and I just like, I can't, like, I can't move. I feel like something's on my chest. Like yeah. I had 104 fever, like Scott thought he was going to take me to the ER and yeah, probably. It, was, it, it was pretty bad. So, and then I yeah. didn't feel well for like a whole other extra month. And of Ugh. course we didn't know what we didn't know then. So. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I didn't go to the hospital, but I, and then I waited to go to work and I went into the work the following Monday and I did take my computer with me. So I did work from home actually. Um, okay. so it wasn't like, I wasn't working mm-hmm. and I was taking phone calls and and I was consulting what I should, it was what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. And my boss brings me to his office and he tells me that he's like, I, I thought on it and I'm I'm just going to have to let you go. And I, just break down and I just start crying. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm crying. I was like, I I know it's like, you know, I try, try to, I, I try, I'm like, I, I don't try to show my emotions. I was like, I can't help it. And I was like, I was like, this is like my family. Like you, you like I moved here and this is like a family. I was like, my, my husband's deploying. Like I, yeah. like I need this. I need this. I can't like find this again. Like right. I, I need this. And so he felt real bad. Cause I, the deployment card. And he was like, okay, well, I'll think on it. He's like, because I can pay you more, but I don't think you'll be happy, but I'll think on it. Day later, he like sends me an email. He was like, Okay, well, this is your two weeks, but here's what I'm going to do for you. He was like, You can work from home the entire time. And he was like, You're allowed to go to whatever job interview you want. Mm -hmm. I'm paying you through the end of the month. And because I can't give you severance because I feel like you deserve it. And he was like, So, I mean, this is what I'm doing for you. And he was like, I need you to turn over everything with Alfred. And I would really appreciate it if you don't tell anyone, any of the sales staff that you've been laid off. And I was like, Okay, like, that's that's fair. But I also like, I'm they already know. Like,
0: yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And they're so they're gonna then, know. Yeah. And the
1: pandemic happened and I, you know, I left like full documents of like everything, passwords, how to turn over all of this stuff. Yeah. As soon as I, and I turned my computer in and I got a phone call from my boss like a week later and he was like, I made a mistake. I hmm. need a crisis communicator and I let you go. Like, wow. I, I, I chose the wrong person to let go. Cause he let my my counterpart who literally only makes videos stay. And, um, and I said, well, I said, well, now I cost more. So, Good for you. you know, I cost more and I am a consultant fee and I am expensive. And so you. I was like, you got me at a discounted rate. And under, under the, you know, chance of you rehiring me he, he understood, he actually hired my family, my family's company to COVID clean. Cause they own a clean commercial cleaning company. So took oh, well. two hours to do it and <laughs> he paid them well. I mean, they paid them all. But, um, you know, basically after that, like, you know, he rehired my counterpart in my mm. own role. Mm. So it's like, I'm not bitter about it. Cause yeah. I'm like, whatever, like I'm moving anyway to Hawaii. But yeah. the one thing he said, and this is actually like, just because we're talking as military spouses here, yeah. the one thing he said that upset me more than anything was, well, you're moving to Hawaii anyway, you know? So like, it makes sense that I would let you go. And so basically he basically told me, after he was using me as the token military spouse and my husband is the token military guy and right. so like we love our troops and we care, he then used my military spouse status as a reason to lay me off.
0: Yeah, that's horrible. That's infuriating. But
1: I claim unemployment, so jokes on them. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Still to this day. Um, yes. But anyway, so uh, one thing I did always want to do is I, I, I listen to podcasts like crazy. Mm-hmm. And so I've always wanted to have one. I listened to like Nicole Byer. I would listen to my favorite murder. I listened mm-hmm. to all these podcasts like on my way to work and and while I was running errands all over San Diego County, which is huge, it's a huge <laughs> county. And i I always wanted a podcast. I wanted to be on a podcast, mm-hmm. and that was I want I wanted to be on a podcast. I was like, I'm funny, I'm witty, I, I'm funnier than these people, I'm wittier than these people. <laughs> on this podcast. And um, I no one ever invited me to be on a podcast. Also, at the time, like I don't think anyone I knew was making podcasts. Mm-hmm. And I learned how to make podcasts because my boss really wanted to make a podcast for the mm. company because, okay. he, you know, whatever, Gary V. So <laughs> I learned how to make them because I had to, didn't know how, but I okay. used her And then, so anyway, so I kind of ha- knew what I was doing. And it came to me on March 25th. I was, Scott was at he might've been underway or maybe he was back. It came to me and I was like, I'm going to call it, please don't kick me out. And it's going to be at an imposter syndrome because every day I went into that job wondering when they were going to like figure out that like, I had no idea. <laughs> and like, Of course I knew what I was doing, but like, there's times I just did my best educated guess where I was sure. like,
0: sure. Right.
1: <laughs> and, um, so, so I, I started it. I launched it. My first episode was like the end of March and it was my tattoo artist, Christina Ayers, who, um, she works at last day's tattoo in ocean beach. So if you're in San Diego, get tattooed by her. She has a military rate. She's amazing. And my husband's like full sleeve. She, she's work she's fixing his sleeve. So, nice. um, she's lovely. And so I had her as a podcast guest and, um, and I was just, I started interviewing my friends at first and the whole goal mm-hmm. was like, maybe one day, like maybe one day I'll interview people that inspire me, maybe one day. Mm -hmm. And I'm at that point now. And that point happened pretty quickly into it. And I I remember like having imposter syndrome, even trying to like launch it. Sure. And, uh, like, Oh, well maybe if like no one really listens to it, like, it's fine. Like no one needs to see it. And I can just like you know, delete it and no one, right. but of course it, it, get, obviously people were like relating to it. And like, yeah. you know, like, I felt this way my whole life. I didn't know there was a term for it. Mm-hmm. I didn't know this was a thing. And so, so yeah, so I've been doing it almost a year. And, uh, at the time of recording, my, my guest was, is Gwen Stefani's makeup artist.
0: That's so this, cool. This week,
1: which is like, right. I'm very proud, but I'm also friends with him. Because I play uh drag bingo every Sunday virtually. And that's something that's been getting me through deployment. Mm-hmm. But that's how I met him. And it's just, it's crazy because I've shared so many stories. I've shared trans stories. I've shared beautiful black voices. I've shared, mm-hmm. I've shared all sorts of people of color, mm-hmm. um, all races, all ethnicities, people in India, like all sorts of different career paths and what the resounding theme is is that this is a human emotion, sure. and it's it's just a phenomenon that we feel because we're constantly trying to keep up with the Joneses. And right. the only way to combat it is to truly do something that drives your soul that you're passionate about. And so you feel it the most when you're in a situation that isn't authentic to you.
0: Mm. That's a really great point, and I think it's so cool. I love the concept. I love the way that you're exploring that. And I know I told you this on. On the episode for your show, that it was really something that, as I got to thinking about and knowing that we were going to be talking about that, you start to think about when, like, when do I feel that way? And Mm -hmm. it pops up more than you realize. And I think that there are some things that are more obvious than others. And, you know, we talked about how even just being a military spouse, you can feel sort of that way because you have this image in your head of what that looks like. And when you're not being exactly that, you feel like you're hoping that you're passing as such. And I think that. Yeah. It's really cool the way that I think what we're each doing really does tie into it, each yeah. other because I think at the end of the day both of us are saying just be yourself tell your story do your thing which I think is awesome.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think like um so, you know, it's just like podcasts really kind of help people understand things whether it's education or maybe you're laughing or maybe you know it's like they 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 serve a beautiful purpose and they're you know majority free and free resources but mm-hmm. the fact that this is like you know, picking up steam in the way that it has. And like, I think of myself as a podcaster now when I like didn't before, um, it, it's beautiful feeling and it's exciting. And it's also crazy. Like I'm on podcasts now, like I'm on your podcast sure. I've been on other podcast. I, I'm like, wow, like, this is a, like, this is cool. This is actually yeah. like really, really cool. Um, and I don't know where it's going to go. And I, I, I've told myself that like, if it keeps going and it loses steam and suddenly, you know, people aren't really wanting to listen to it anymore, then maybe we mm-hmm. will table it, but sure. it's definitely going to be a stepping stone into whatever I do next. And, mm-hmm. um, just like, um, you know, it's, it's really just like I've, I've done volunteering for the Navy Marine Corps Relief Society. I've done, I, I was on my, sh- I, I, we started my ship's FRG um, <clears throat> or had to restart it rather. And uh, and I've also, you know, done some admining for different groups that I'm a spouse in. So, or my, my wardroom and my command and all that. So those are stepping stones for if I decided I wanted to get a clearance and work in government or do a marketing yeah. job in the government, I at least have something on my resume that is sure. Actually military.
0: Sure. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, again, I'm going to switch gears on you just because I know we've got kind of a hard stop, but I want to save a little Mm -hmm. pocket of room for this. This is just the rapid fire round. So these are really lighthearted questions that are just whatever comes top of mind to you. So first one is sweet or savory?
1: Savory. Oh my gosh. I so I don't really have a sweet tooth. I'm more of like if I'm going to go for sweets, it'll be like gummy, but savory. Like I love a French fry.
0: Nice. That yes. is, that is a, f- a fairly common answer to that one. Mm-hmm. And every time I just start dreaming of McDonald's French fries. So. Right. Oh, that was only... what I was actually
1: picturing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite, either your favorite book you've ever read or a book you're reading right now? Either one.
1: My favorite book I've ever read was, um, the wizard of Oz. My mom actually won it in. So I have like a rich, I used to, I hope she kept it. I don't think I have it with me now, but I, um, because we've moved a bunch of times, you know, they lose everything. Mm -hmm. But The Wizard of Oz is my favorite book I've ever read. And it made it special because my mom won it in a spelling bee. And so it's an original copy with like all the illustrations on it. Um, And my mom's like handwritten name in it. But I loved it. I, I really like, it's very vivid when you read it. It's better than the movie. And it's a really good book.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. That's a cool story with it too. Where is your favorite place you've ever been?
1: Um, I think it's Nafplio in, in Greece. I studied abroad, which makes me sound very bougie, but I did a, I did a, like a month course through my university in Athens. And one week we took a bus trip up to Nafplio, and we went on this secluded private beach. We met some locals. they I, it was the first place I ever tried fresh sea urchin because they picked it out of the sea wow. and it was just gorgeous. Like the water was just beautiful azure color. Um, and the beaches were rocky, but like beautiful. And like, I was the only one that didn't get sunburned because I probably got skin cancer in college because I tanned so much, <laughs> uh, but, uh, it was a really, really beautiful town with like beautiful history. And so, yeah, it, it, Navplio, it's just a short bus ride away from Athens and it is stunning and quiet. And i see, I think it might be like a town where like, if you're taking a, a Mediterranean cruise, they stop there, mm, but okay. it was a day that they had, didn't have a, a cruise stop. So, okay. um, gorgeous.
0: Very cool. What is your favorite form of self-care?
1: favorite form of self-care. It is a mix of either watching a goofy movie for the thousandth time because it's my my
0: husband loves a goofy movie. He is always trying to push it.
1: (laughs) It's a good one. It's a good one. It's not my, I don't know if I have a favorite. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. Another thing I like to do is a bath bomb. Sometimes it's a glass of wine. Other times I'll just make French fries in the air fryer and Or, uh, I will, um, you know, I'll just watch something like my, my guilty pleasure is 90 day fiance, in addition to a lot of other things that I've watched, but 90 day fiance is one that I can just like, I can watch all of the trash. I have discovery plus I'm so into it. Um, (laughs) so yeah. And I I also think self-care is when you stick to your routines and you, um, it's also allowing yourself like on Monday, I was really bummed out because there was a port call and then we stopped talking and. And then it was qui- it was quiet again, and I mm-hmm. was like, well, "I'm not I'm not in my routine." And I just let myself just feel my feelings for a day and just lay there, and order like Postmates. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, "That's that's fine."
0: Yep, yeah, that is totally its own self care. Just letting yourself feel what you need to feel. And the last one is, what would be your theme song?
1: That's actually a tough one. <laughs> actually pretty tough. Um, you know what? It's "Stand Out" by Powerline in a goofy movie nice. <laughs> it's one of my like favorite songs yes. ever. And I have it on a playlist and I've listened to it ad, na- like, ad nauseum. Like people get in my car and they're like, please change the playlist. I'm like, no. <laughs> we're listening to Eye to Eye and then we're listening to Stand Out. Yeah. And I want a full power line. I don't know why they didn't make a spinoff because I... <laughs>
0: <oof>. I really <laughs> can't even like think of that song without picturing my husband snapping to it. Like it's so deep in his I love affair it. with that movie and like so our girls are two and three like i said and like they're really like they have really specific standards right now with things that will hold their attention largely it needs to be like recent pixar or like yeah. real life people mm-hmm. and he tries a goofy movie we do movie nights once a week and like he tries a goofy movie like every third night and it just yeah. it's, it's not gonna happen with them but someday oh, that's it will so funny
1: like, that you say that because i babysit my my friend christina her my tattoo artist her kid quite a bit and i'll put on like random stuff, but I put on a goofy movie and she like went was swirling like an on the couch and I was like, okay, I guess I'll put Frozen 2 back on. Like right.
0: I know. I don't know what it is, but I I feel like it's sort of like an analogy for the movie itself that like dad can't get his kids to sit down and watch a goofy movie. (laughs) And someday it'll happen and we'll get the finale and it'll all beautiful. (laughs) But Well, that's all my questions. You crushed the rapid fire round. So thank you for playing along with me with that. And I just appreciate your time so much. I love your insight. You are a fantastic storyteller too. I feel like I could just like listen to your, your stories and the way you talk about things all day long.
1: Oh, well, don't I be a stranger, will... of course. That? Yeah, the, definitely. Don't be a stranger, obviously, you know, like we're friends on Facebook and all of that. And I'm just glad our, our paths crossed because we both have the peloton and that's actually how we met. And then yes, just this really good collaborative relationship. So I
0: you know, agree.
1: I love this and I appreciate it so much. I'm so honored actually to actually be a guest.
0: Oh, thank you. And you know what, before I forget, I don't, I usually do this kind of right after the rapid fire and I drop the ball, but what's your favorite quote?
1: Um if you can't love yourself, how the hell is anybody going to love you? And that is from RuPaul and RuPaul's Drag Race. She says it all the time. And it's, it's very much true. If you don't love you, like nothing's going to come for you. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to like at the base level, love yourself. And so that is something that is my mantra. It is something that means a lot to me. And it's something I think about daily
0: again so much to Bianca for taking the time to chat with me be sure to show her some love on social media at please don't kick me out you can follow us there as well at the American Mill Spouse and you'll notice a few posts on our feed recently that give you a little bit more detail about what to do if you might be interested in being a guest on the show or nominating someone else to be so if you would like to come on and chat with me be sure to check it out have a great week